0: Hello, everybody. This is Christian Thwaites of Brian Janikowski. I'm joined here with Rita Lee.
1: Good afternoon, everyone.
0: And uh, nice to touch base with everybody. Um, hopefully, we met many of you during our recent lunch meetings uh, on the Tuesdays during February. Seems like a long time ago. Um, but here we are in sort of March um, and thinking about what's next. And so our, our, um, our talk is, just, is sort of can the, can the strong market continue. Now, when we put this out uh, a week or two ago, the S&P was up about 13% year-to-date. It's now up about 11%, uh, so it actually has given some, uh, some of the corrections back, although I think that's more due to the end of the earnings season rather than anything sort of traumatic or, or uh, adventurous or big in the, in the news headlines. But anyway, let's kind of look a quick rundown of, of where we are approaching the end of the first quarter. So let's start with the U.S. economy, sort of front and focus sort of everyone's mind. Um, and the basic story here is that the slowdown, which nearly everyone expected uh, from the tax cuts in the second quarter, has de- indeed occurred. It's almost occurred almost in a straight line, with the second quarter last year up 4%, uh, even a little bit more than, more than that, as the tax cuts first uh, hit the public consciousness Uh, Third quarter, it was already beginning to slow down with 3%. Fourth quarter uh, came in, the first numbers, about a week ago. They were delayed because of the government shutdown at about 2%, and the current estimates for the current quarter are at 0.5%. Always an interesting thing to track the Atlanta GDP Now forecast, which is pretty pretty accurate in in looking at what the uh, current quarter is. So that slowdown is pretty much exactly as people thought it would be. And for 2018, we came in at just a, a tad under 3%. Uh, 2 2.5% seems to be the normal uh, growth rate for the U.S. economy right now. So it was accelerated, uh, but we think a lot of that was just money being brought forward. The capacity for the U.S. economy to grow consistently at 3% is not there right now. And it really doesn't matter how many tax changes are made. Um, it's going to be very difficult to do that without a lot of extra productivity, Entrance to the new to the workforce, which is not happening, or higher participation, which is also not happening. So we're at that sort of two uh, percent growth rate, which is just fine enough to avoid a recession, but a definite slowdown. But let's uh, pick apart a little bit some of the uh, the U.S. Uh, economic numbers in uh, a little bit more detail. So let's just focus with the two major numbers, which the Fed of course concentrates: unemployment and CPI. So unemployment is is low and stable, we're sort of at that three and a half four percent 4% unemployment rate, might change month to month, just a little bit of uh, who's running claims in and some changes in participation. And certainly the January numbers and indeed the bounce back in the February numbers were affected by the government shutdown with a lot of government employees uh, laid off and in the household survey saying that they weren't working. Um, Participation remains uh, pretty low by historical standards, high by these kind of cyclical standards. but We don't see any sort of major changes getting it back up to the 68% that it was uh, a decade or so ago. And on the wages side, despite what came out on Friday of wages up about two and a half percent, they're still pretty muted. I don't think that there are pressure on the economy right now. Average hourly earnings were up but the average work week was down. So the BLS uh, says that that's a pay increase, but as everybody on this call knows, your hourly wages may go up, but if your hour, hours work goes down, you're certainly not better off. <laughs> so that's not likely to uh, to change very much as well. And then we have the CPI numbers in today. Look, everything we've seen, whether it's import prices, consumer, uh, consumer uh, personal consumption expenditures, PCE level, which the Fed tracks, uh, producer prices, uh, we see very, very kind of low inflation. We're sort of at uh, less than 2% on the core inflation, which strips out food and energy a little bit higher uh, when you do put those in. But those are some of those base effects. Housing is, uh, is the big driver of CPI. It's about 30% of the, of the CPI weighting under something called owner's equivalent rent, OER, which tries to impute the cost of a house. Uh, a kind of equivalent renting for it, even if you buy it, and so that goes up if mortgage rates goes up, and that's that's all that's really happened there. Um, but I don't think it's enough to to move uh, people into a level of uh, concern on the CPI. In fact, uh, Jerome Powell is talking a lot about you know maybe a changing shift in the in the target for CPI, which is at two percent, but the Fed, along with nearly every major central bank in the world, has failed to achieve a CPI two percent. Target. They've been coming in way below it, so there's some talk about whether they should go for a band. Um, and then finally, on the inflation side, the real wages again this morning they came out at 2.2%. Nothing particularly uh, to write home about on that. Um, it's it's about in line with the averages. Productivity is uh, pretty flat, about one and a half percent. There doesn't seem to be another uh, you know a big increase in wages, even though. Organizations like the NFIB, the National Federation of Independent Businessmen, which is a proxy bellwether for smaller companies, have said that they've had trouble finding skilled workers. But uh, for now, that still hasn't translated into wage claims, which means it hasn't translated into CPI. So that story I could have told six months ago, a year ago, two years ago. and, uh, And really, we just very difficult to see the inflation sort of breaking through. Where we are seeing some slowing on the economy is in housing. Wherever you look at housing, whether it's housing starts, uh, existing home sales, pending home sales, new home sales, mortgage applications, they're all down. We've said that the market for the peak in the housing market for this cycle occurred about four to five months ago. It's nothing to r- ring alarm bells about except in you know, highly overpriced uh, real estate markets, of which we have the privilege of living in one. Um, but really this is just a kind of you know cyclical, cyclical adjustment as the mortgage rate goes up. So a uh, 30-year mor- mortgage, I think, a year and a half ago is probably under 4%. Now you're paying four and a quarter, something like that. Yeah. And that's enough to move it uh, and, and bring some of the froth out of the housing market. The other thing that's slowing is industrial production. Um, Again, this is about 12% of the economy and about 8% of employment. It gets a lot more um, focus and attention and conversation subject matter than it really should. We are sort of a high-end manufacturing economy, but we're not a large manufacturing economy. It's only about 12 million out of 160 million people employed in industry. Uh, But nevertheless, those numbers go back a long way for historical reasons. So we've seen a little bit of industrial production slip some slowing of orders. The China effect is a big deal here because all of our capital goods go to uh, China, starting with uh, big um, equipment and, and aircraft, of course, and that's uh, that's been a direct effect of to China. Could, uh, China's economy slowing a little bit, uh, as well as the trade wars. Um, but also, the the um, uh, it's also to do with the strength of the dollar, and that would sort of bring me on to my third point about the slowing of the economy. So, housing first, industrial production second exports, um, much slower. Um, and uh, we saw a widening of the trade gap as they came out for 2018 by quite a bit, a couple of hundred billion dollars uh, greater than it was in 2017. Of course, no mystery to that. We, we, we put in a, uh, a, a, a fiscal boost with the tax, in t- tax decreases in the late part of the cycle. And there just simply isn't enough production capacity to meet that extra demand. So it sucks in imports. I and mean, it's a classic economics textbook stuff. And so uh, I- I imports increased, exports also increased but much by a slower amount, primarily because the world was growing much slower than the U.S. and the dollar strength didn't help uh, U.S. export competitiveness. Um, so there we are sort of on the economy, sort of uh, slowing, but as we've said many times, Probably not enough to get us into a recession. Uh, recession has a number of coincident indicators. It's not really about two successive quarters of downward GNP growth. It's much more about um, interest rates and growth of credit and claims and uh, another of, a number of other sort of coincident indicators, none of which are uh, flashing red, yet alone, uh, yet alone sort of, um, yeah, sort of not, are not sort of indicating that anything untoward is 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 happening soon. Um, so on the U.S. equity side, we've seen this big bounce year to date, up 11%, down a little bit. Russell 2000 up 15%, uh, although we would sort of draw attention that the higher quality S&P 600 small cap index is up a little less than that. So when the Russell is up that much, it means that there's lower quality companies up, it going going up as well, which tends to correct itself. Uh, tech is up about 14%, and EFA. And emerging markets up about seven and eight, with China being the strongest uh, focus up up about twenty percent. But um, before we turn to bonds, Rita, maybe we can just talk a little bit about what's what's going on in emerging markets. You know, as we said, we had a great 2017, a pretty miserable 2018. Uh, we put mm-hmm. on a lot of protection in our emerging markets, and so how do you feel about it in uh, you know, the 3 months into 2019
1: well one of the reasons why china has been on a tear is uh, also the fact that msci recently has announced that more of the a shares which are the chinese domicile companies um, available for foreigners to 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 buy uh, will be will be increased um, the, inc- the increase is a big increase by percentage, although the number of holdings and the uh, percentage is still minor. Um, it's, uh, the, the stocks, uh, in the A shares, uh, becoming, uh, going into the MSCI index, uh, will rise from 0.7% to 3.3%. But Christian, that's enough for a lot of indexes hmm. to buy more A shares. So, um, Chinese stocks, um, particularly where it's up to 20%, has sort of anticipated um, this move and a lot of money has been flowing into it.
0: And is it going to last? So we've seen a great rebound in the Chinese equity market, but it's still down from 12 months ago. But Definitely.
1: Uh, so it, generally in these cases, we see a, a short term bounce, which is exactly what happened. And uh, a lot of volatility in the front end, um, which is what happened. And uh, depending on how the, um, how the actual uh, companies perform, chances are it will slow down a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah. So had certainly had a good run. And on, remind me, if for an emerging market investor who's just indexed, how much exposure are they now getting to China, Greater China and China plays? If you've added Hong Kong and Taiwan and Korean companies which are exposed to China, is it grown a lot?
1: So in if you're investing in the emerging market indexes, uh, including all the shares in Hong Kong and all the shares in, in the US, such as the Alibaba, for example, Chinese stocks now account for 30% of the MSCI emerging market index. With you know a full inclusion of all the A shares, it will rise from 30 to 40. But Christian, I don't see that happening anytime soon yeah. uh, because the, the the chinese government has a very strong control over the liqui- their uh, currency and liquidity so there there are some other issues they have to address before we get
0: to that point point. and are, are these inclusions dependent on the trade talks or are they really independent of that
1: technically they are independent I of that do, but, I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah.
0: who knows yeah this is uh this is playing with dangerous and untested ground yep yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so certainly on our international, we've dialed it down a little bit uh, over the last six months, put more protection in place, which kind of feels good. Given, Definitely uh, feels given, good. Given how these things can bounce uh, you know, up and down very, very quickly.
1: Very good point. With the buffer note, I think we should, we should um, point out that we are exposed to the upside. So the 20% that was up, we are exposed it. to it. Um, we also have protection on the downside, which we really like in a market like this.
0: And yeah, so turning quickly to bonds, um, so the key 10-year treasury, which you know we all talk about a lot, it's really the the, the marker for every, everything else that's going on in the bond market. 2.62%, 3.2% less than a year ago, so if you just hold a 10-year treasury, you'd be up about, Seven eight percent, uh, plus two percent coupon.
1: Who, who would have thought we'd make money? And yeah,
0: bond. <laughs> and uh, interestingly, it's the same level as it was when uh, when President Trump took, uh, took office. So we've had this kind of wild ride of uh, you know, a lot of growth expectations, the 10 year sort of um, weakening a lot, and then it's just sort of kind of back where it's where it started. And I, I think the bond market is saying. Uh, that growth isn't going to be that, that strong, right. you know, the Fed is on pause, we know that. And uh, you know we, it is seasonal, the treasury market, which we're happy to talk about why it's seasonal on another time, but, uh, but right now it's a good time for treasuries and it just seems it's in this lower rate lower range.
1: Absolutely, and also uh, a little bit of a quirkiness in the yield curve, right? Where you are making as Ooh. much money in the front end with the three months as you would in a three and five years.
0: Very strange yield curve. Yes, we it's it inverted at the front end. Which uh, you know, right now that's why we've got the floating rate notes yielding the same as a ninety day bill, uh, and you're actually making the same as you would be if you're out on a three year curve. Yeah, very good
1: so, deal.
0: Yeah. So, uh, um, I mean, there's nothing alarming about this. You know, don't we, we've written about big inverted yield curves. It's not necessarily a recession indicator. For people to say it is. Uh, but it is a little quirky, at least, to say the least. And I think it's all to do with um, with the Fed on hold and uh, the feeling that the economy is... It feels good up. to have taken advantage of it. Yeah. <laughs> so the big risks, again, not really changed from when we discussed this at lunch, but um, I have to say with today's news on Brexit, that's uh, yet another uh, concern. Look, I mean, the, the UK is probably the slowest growing of the G7 countries, although it might be in a tie for last place with italy um this is obviously not helping but i think that's fully fully priced in and we've been out of the uk uh, for over a year now um european slowdown slightly more con- disconcerting just because the euro market is is collectively bigger than the us and that the ecb has gone very very soft on uh, on any kind of any kind of monetary uh, policy. America was going yes. to say they're tightening. They never really got into it. No, tightening they, they cycle. extended the Now <laughs> the they're cycle. doing the, the QEs again, which by the way is very bad for European banks. And European banks...
1: Oh, they took a hit the They
0: did. And, and you've got to remind investors that the, 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 the European banks are a very part, large part of the local stock markets, 30%, 35%. So if you're bullish about Euro, Europe, you have to be bullish about banks. And we're not bullish about European banks right now. No. So, uh, um, that's really we not good. The longer they zero, we
1: have avoided European beings for a while.
0: Yeah, and I think you covered China well. I always worry a little bit more about uh, about China. That if I'm going to have a sleepless night, it's purely about <laughs> what's going on there. But uh, I think a lot of people are there, and we've got the protection in place. So there we are. I think can kind the of strong market continue? I think um, uh, it can stay sustained. It's difficult to see what the next up level will bring. Sure, there'll be a rally on any positive trade news. but but a lot of that might be priced in right now. So um, nothing wrong with a market consolidation for a few months um, and and sort of falling back on the protection which is already in place. So uh, I'm going to open it up for questions at this point. If you would like to ask a question, just hit star nine, and uh, we'll unmute your line for you. We didn't even have any write-ins. We must have done a very good job at the lunches. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Okay. Well, if you have any thoughts, uh, follow-ups, this will be posted up on the website, and you can always uh, send us an email by going to the investment blog section and sending us a comment. We'd love love to hear from you. And uh, and thank you very much, and uh, we'll be on in a month, and I will uh, now read read the disclosure. Read the disclosure. (laughs) Yes. Thank you, Rita. Please note that the information provided in this presentation is for general informational purposes only. It should not be considered as individualized recommendation or personalized investment advice. The investment strategy discussed in this presentation may not be suitable for everyone. Each investor needs to review an investment strategy for his or her own particular situation before making an investment decision. All expressions of opinion are subject to change. That notes and react to shifting market or economic conditions. Past performance no guarantee of future results. The opinions presented cannot be used. In